0: This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five-on-three.
1: That's right, everyone. Welcome back to five-on-three WFUV Radio's NHL podcast. I'm back, Matt Costantini. I'm joined by Jack Hallbell, Chris Hennessy. Uh, I'm going to steal a line from uh, Scott Van Pelt here. It's almost midnight, and we are tired. Uh, We are recording a late night episode of 5 on 3 tonight. We're trying to wait out this Washington Capitals-Carolina Hurricanes game that is going into double overtime, and they are
0: just not cooperating with us. Guys, how we feeling? Well, we've been here for an hour and a half. It's been a long (laughs) night, but good. I mean, playoff hockey's the best, so I would rather be, I would, there's no place I'd rather be, I should say, than watching playoff hockey At 11 o'clock at night. Sounds about right. Well, it was (laughs) 3-2 at 9.40,
2: (laughs) and Chris said, and I quote... Okay, we're going to start recording this when it's 4-2. I do jinx it. (laughs) Literally 30 seconds after you said that, it got to be 3-3, and I said, this game's going to double overtime. I repeated (laughs) that about five times since, and now here we are at the start of double overtime an hour and a half later.
0: It's true. All of that
2: happened. So what I'm getting from this is, none of it's my fault. Perfect.
0: Yeah, you're good.
1: So as soon as that game goes final, I'm sure we'll talk about it because it has big implications into uh, Chris's life as the winner of that series (laughs) goes on to face the New York Islanders. But guys, I think the only logical place to start talking about the first round of this playoff run has to be in Tampa Bay. My gosh. My my god. <laughs> exactly. The s- arguably the best team in the last 20 years. Yeah. Presidents Trophy number 1 overall seed. Swept out by the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's unbelievable. I mean we It
0: honestly is. We we sat here and I said something to the degree of of all the possible teams to play, Tampa Bay, Columbus has the best chance Yeah, I think to, we all agreed that. But none we, of us
2: thought they were gonna lose. No,
0: I thought it was gonna be a six game series. Yeah. And Tampa Bay was gonna win. Handily in a six game series. It's handily as you could win a six game.
1: I mean, game let's series. just look at the, at this game by game. Game 1, they go up 3 nothing in the first period. They get a shorthanded goal, a power play goal, and then an even strength goal. And I'm pretty sure I tweeted out at 2-0, might as well just call this game right now. And then when they went 3-0, I tweeted, I lied, let's call it the series now. And then all of a sudden, four straight goals for Columbus, they win the game 4-3. And then they go on to win 5-1, 3-1, 7-3. Granted, 7-3 includes a couple of empty netters. netters. But when you look at Tampa Bay, they score, what's that, 3-4-5. They score eight goals in four games. It's not great. That's two goals a game. But you expect a little bit more out of a team that had a plus 100 goal differential. But then you look at Columbus scoring 4-9-12. And then with the 7, with an asterisk, 19 goals in four games.
0: That's unbelievable. And, you know... When they blew the three-goal lead, it was like, all right, you know, stuff happens, whatever. But then it's like game two happened. They never recovered. And then no. game three happened. And it was like, whoa. Like, it was only after game three that you, know, you really thought that this could happen. And it it might be the most shocking sports event of my entire it,
1: life. It really is. And sure, Victor Hedman may have never been healthy in that series, but it shouldn't have mattered.
2: No. They should not have had a problem with Columbus. Their defensive
0: core isn't that good, and it isn't. It is a deep behind headman, but it still shouldn't have mattered.
2: Well, what, what to me was most shocking about this, and I think this is just a testament to the sport of hockey, Vasilevsky didn't have his A game. But otherwise, it didn't seem like Tampa, you know, choked their rear ends off. It didn't seem like they were all totally tired and cathartic. No, but it
0: looked it, like they were even teams, which they aren't. No. Yeah, they, played, they played but they played what I'm saying is you, we well. have we
2: have to give credit to Columbus. Columbus played well, but Burovski was brilliant for the most part. The defensive core was locked down and their top line played against Tampa Bay's top line very, very well. Their forecheck was one of the better forechecks I've seen in hockey in general in a long time. I mean, they did a great job of slowing down Tampa's athleticism and their finesse skill and becoming physical and bruisers. And usually finesse if you are as athletic and skilled as Tampa is, can overcome the physicality of a team like Columbus. But Columbus was so physical and tough that they were able to slow down and frustrate Tampa to the point where we saw that stupid Kucherov penalty. Yep. And to me, it was just like, they, they couldn't handle the physicality of the Blue the blue Jackets.
0: They couldn't, and uh, that's what happens when you don't play playoff hockey for three weeks. I mean, Columbus had just come off playing legitimately playoff hockey for three consecutive
2: weeks. Oh, that's what we talked about. You have Columbus, who put their entire franchise on the line, buying yeah. at the deadline, and going in without having ever won a first-round series with all this momentum and high stakes and high pressure, barely sneaking into the playoffs in the last, what, two games, and then Tampa Bay, a team that we all knew was going to win the President's Trophy since about Christmas, had it locked down by, like, my birthday, which is early <laughs> yeah. March. I mean, it's ridiculous how—they re- they essentially haven't played meaningful hockey the entire season, I feel like. I don't—you can't really count October, November as meaningful games, and I feel like since we left for Christmas break, you knew the Bolts were running Absolutely. away with
1: it. yep. I want to I want to get into some individual players here on Tampa Bay just to really showcase how poorly everyone played. If you had to guess without looking, who would you say that the Tampa Bay Lightning's
0: leading point getter in the playoffs was? Eight goals. It wasn't Kucherov because he missed the game. Yes, he was did. Stamkos scored two. Yep. So I'm going to say it was Tyler Johnson.
1: Nope. And no, uh, it is Eric Cernak.
0: He had oh, three assists in
1: four games. Yes. Uh, right. Steven Samkos had a goal and an assist. Anthony Sorelli had a goal and an assist. Mikhail Shur- Sergachev, goal and an assist. JT Miller, two assists. Um, Nikita Kucherov, he had the two assists in three games. Um, breaking point, one goal, four games. Tyler Johnson, one assist, four games. And The
2: whole joke was everyone says that the Lightning or the Rangers South, and yeah. they did exactly what the Rangers have been great at in this recent run, which is underachieving come playoff time. <laughs> That's It's just the storyline is too relatable for me as a Ranger fan when you see guys who just don't play the way they should be, who just don't show up in the playoffs the way that they did night in and night out in the regular season. Do we think
1: Tampa Bay severely overestimated Columbus, and they thought that they were not going to have an issue at all? I really underestimated.
2: I'll go go back to my point. I think Columbus was physical, was really physical, and they handled the Lightning really well, and the Bolts just weren't prepared for that. You could see that they got so mentally frustrated.
0: Yeah, I do think they underestimated them. I don't think there's any way around that. I think, also, they had reason to, though, because Columbus had won a playoff series ever. Bobrovsky hadn't been Bobrovsky in the playoffs. He was a regular season, you know, great goalie in the regular season with a Vesna Trophy or two. One? One Vesna Trophy, at least. And had it been great in the playoffs, he was great. And they just, they never got it together after blowing that three-goal lead. It, it's honestly
1: remarkable, and I, I remember tweeting out after the sweep was completed, think about how important this was for Columbus. Not only was it getting that first playoff series win ever, Jack, to your point, they did it, they did mortgage their franchise. They mortgaged their future for this year's playoff run. And in at least in my opinion, I think that's gonna speak volumes when it comes time to resign something. Like yeah, I think I do think I think Babrovsky's gonna stay. I think Babrovsky's gonna stay. I still think Panarin's gone, but I think Duchesne's definitely gonna stay now.
2: Yeah, I think I think Panarin's gone. I think that's been set since before the season started. But I think it's I think Bobrovsky is as set there as yeah. you could think he can be. And I think it's totally fair to say the same about Duchesne. So The Columbus Blue Jackets
1: are moving on, they are going to go face the Boston Bruins in the second round, and Chris, I think that you have a little little something you want to play for us as the resident leaf hater. Why should I? Why should I pay attention to detail when the team I watch is a Toronto Maple Existence <laughs> is an embarrassment. Three game seven series losses to the Boston Bruins in a row. Not to mention a the room. New York Islanders are going on to the second round. Can't wait for that nightmare to unfurl itself. Can't wait for that to be the conference final. The conference final. And that is, of course, courtesy of the always great Steve Dangle. You just hate to
0: see it. It's one of those <laughs> things you just hate to see. Uh, when you pay a forward $11 million after not being able to play defense, that's what you get. I There was a lot of debate over whether the Leafs, whether the Islanders fans should want the Leafs to win or the Bruins to win, giving just general hatred for Boston and home ice and all this other stuff. Go home. Work on your short game, Tavares. <laughs> Suck it. I hate John <laughs> Tavares. And he's going to go putt for a while, and oh well. I I actually don't have any
1: words for this series. It it just seemed like the kind of series that was built for the
0: Maple Leafs to lose in seven games. Because that's what they do. They're not good yeah. defense. Their goalies, I think, still is overrated. A lot of people are praising Freddie Anderson. I think Freddie Anderson's a pretty good goalie. I, he's all right. I would take a lot of goalies in the Caesar Comments playoffs. I said it last week over him, uh, and they lost again. And. Yeah, are they victims of the bad playoffs system? Of course they're victims Absolutely. of the bad system. Absolutely.
1: Redo the playoff system, <laughs> NHL. I'll Get it the, over now.
0: I'll be the first to admit. They are victims of the bad playoff system. Playing t- Boston two years in a row is not ideal for them, obviously. They they earned a spot against the Islanders as opposed to the Bruins, but they lost. So I will revel in that for a little bit. And then it's over now, though. To, after I played the thing, it's over. Tavares is gone. He lost in the first round like he's one to do. Tenth Tenth <laughs> year in the playoffs, he's lost the first round three times. One time he won. It happens. Um, Jack? Yeah. I mean, once it was
2: 3-2 Leafs, I think everyone knew that there was no way they were going to hold on to it, that this was going to seven games and that they were probably going to lose. That's the fortune of this franchise and of this city. And I, I don't think Babcock was a great coach this series, but really what it comes down to is besides Austin Matthews, a lot of the young guns didn't seem to show up. Tavares played pretty well throughout the series. He had
0: a really good Game 7. He... Austin
2: Matthews played pretty well throughout yep. the series. Mm-hmm. But I, Mitch Warner looked great.
0: Mitch Warner looked good. Hyman was okay. Nylander was bad all year. And yeah. the, the defense was bad. Yeah, oh, man, it's because
1: Nylander never really got... His, got to start his season he okay, signed in April. he signed in november and then it's a, it's live a, yeah, reaction capitals fair. going on a two-minute power play <laughs> oh let's let's hope this is a oh, please we, be we over. Can but, get to talking about your
2: islanders when this game ends but, <laughs> i know
1: but jack to your point about mike babcock let me let me just read a tweet from Dmitry filipovich from yesterday during the game about mike babcock and his coaching on the power play. Quote, Mike Babcock can get away with it when he's coaching Team Canada and they've got four different top units, but him taking Matthews Martyr and Tavares off the ice halfway through power plays you get thirty nine year old Patrick Marlowe out there is legitimately insane. It is. And 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 he's right.
0: That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And also when it was six on five they put Marlowe out there. It's like Marlowe's a great asset to have in the locker room, and he's great you know, to hang out with Austin Matthews, but he's not great to have out there in the third period of Game 7.
2: And I loved Babcock anymore. with the Red Wings, and he was basically cemented his status as a legend there by the time he left and moved on to Toronto. But look at that roster he was working with, and they had a lot of playoff disappointments before and after the back-to-back finals runs and the win in 08. Leading up to that, when he took over for Scotty Bowman, there was a, a couple of big disappointments in the playoffs and then pretty much after 09 that was the story with that team every year and they had an incredible roster of incredible players you're talking about Dotsuk, Zetterberg, Lidstrom all in their primes all putting up top all-star numbers and the goaltending situation with Jimmy Howard when he was young and good and they couldn't win anything You can put that on Babcock to an extent. It didn't seem like he was managing that team great, and it looks like those issues have trickled over to his time in Toronto. How are we
1: feeling about Boston here? Because in my opinion, I think that they should be considered the favorite now.
0: They're absolutely the favorites in the East. There's no way that they I think they're the favorite to win everything. They don't have, like, a true
2: weakness. Exactly. They, They have four rolling forward lines and we saw last night the the fourth line delivery yeah. they they can get you pretty much with any aspect of their game Tuka Rask looks like he did in 2011 yeah so that's he can that's buckle big. down and the defense is there I mean they don't have a weakness that can be physical they can throw Zdeno Char at you but then they're also really skilled and athletic They're an all around just really well-built team
0: yeah, uh, obviously, you know, as a New York person, I don't want Boston to win. I hate them. I, 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 I don't want Boston I was Boston indifferent
2: to win. about this series. I will root against the Bruins. I'll root for the Islanders over the Bruins, Chris. I love to see it.
0: <laughs> you love to see it. Um, Yeah, but I do think they're absolutely the favorites in the East. There's no way they can't be, even over Washington. Yeah. And I think Boston-Washington would be an incredibly intriguing Eastern Conference Finals, as much as I would not like to see that.
1: Yeah. So I want to move out West now, and... Just like just like the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Calgary Flames, they don't get swept, but they might as well have. They dropped four straight after winning the first game. And I think everyone saw Calgary beat Colorado 4 nothing in game one. It was like, okay, yeah, we expected this. This is the Calgary that we've seen all year. Colorado's the team that barely snuck in by the skin of their teeth, and they probably shouldn't be there. But then they go in, win game two in overtime. They smack Calgary game two, another overtime win, and then another smack in game five. And just like that, both number one seeds are out of the playoffs.
0: Nate McKinnon absolutely cemented himself in the top echelon of spe- centers in this league. Yep, it, it was unbelievable all series long, and. Again, just good goaltending. He finally got off the Semyon tra- yep. uh train. My goodness. It only
1: took them the entire season when right. they should have been in a much better spot than they were.
0: Right, and Grubauer played great, and that's what it came down to, and Calgary just couldn't put it past them. And Mike Smith is Mike Smith. In the end, that was going to be Calgary's biggest They should have went field. with
1: Riddick. Riddick was the better goaltender all year.
0: That was going to be Calgary's Achilles heel all year long. It was all year long, and they didn't go with the hot goalie at the right time, and they lost.
2: That's exactly what we talked about coming into this series when I mean you and Jackson thought that we going to go with Riddick, I thought it was Smith, but it wasn't going to work out regardless. When you have a two goalie system, it doesn't translate well. And I thought the Capitals just scored, but they didn't. <laughs> it doesn't translate well into the postseason unless you can find a goalie who truly gets hot. And Mike Smith, like Robin Leonard, he had exactly <laughs> like Robin Leonard. Mike Smith had a great game one, and I thought. He he had a shutout, and I thought, okay, they're going to roll with him moving forward. He could catch fire, and he has the ability to do that, and he didn't, and game two wasn't bad, gave up three goals, but then six goals, three goals, five goals. He wasn't himself once they went to Colorado and that cost in the series ultimately. But
0: don't you think they gotta put out Redick eventually? Like we saw Absolutely. It, we saw it in the in the San Jose series. Martin Jones was not good games two through four. They should they, have
2: pulled him in three. They should have yeah. debated starting him Absolutely. in four. debated starting him in game five. Right. They never gave him a chance.
0: Yeah. Martin Jones was a different person in game seven after getting pulled for Arundel in game three. And, and then four. he goes and puts out a fifty eight save
1: performance in game six right. in that double overtime game, setting the franchise record for saves yeah. in a playoff game. So you never know yeah, it. yeah you never you Martin never Jones know. is a proven player. So I right. mean, it only
0: it was only a matter of time until he figured it out. Right, and same with I. I'm not a huge Mike Smith guy, but same with Mike yeah. Smith. This is an incredible Capitals game, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, both of them are <laughs> looking over my they shoulder. Neither one of them are looking at me. All right, the, let's... the
2: Canes just almost scored. It was so close.
1: We'll get there if and when we get there. Uh, let's go. I don't really have much to say about this series because it was kind of a eh series to me the entire time. Is Nashville
0: Dallas? It was a dud. It, I was it, surprised It just wasn't exciting. I was surprised that Dallas won, but the games weren't that exciting. Yeah,
1: I mean, is is this the end of the line for Pekka Rene?
0: No, I mean, UC Soros is really good. It might be the and twelve
2: goals in games four, five, it might be six. The end of the line for this Nashville core in general. They uh, can I repiece things.
0: I don't think they blow it up. Uh, they no, have, I'm not
2: saying they blow it up, but I think, I do. We really see them going on another like legitimate cup run.
0: I don't know. I don't think so. I, yeah, I, I I feel that way about the sharks too. I almost feel like, like this, this is, is the, the
2: Rangers end. after twenty fifteen. They went on like a second round run in twenty sixteen, and then just kind of middled out. That I don't think Nashville's going to be out in a year and a half, but I think first and second round exits could be their bread and butter for the next two seasons or so, based on how they look now.
1: I think something I did learn from this Dallas Stars round one win is that. John Klingberg and Miro Heiskanen might be the best defensive pairing in hockey?
0: No, they're not. Maybe? No. I mean, Carlson and Burns play on separate pairs. That's stupid. It is just remarkably dumb. I texted but, you that yeah. one, last Sunday. <laughs> so it was like a random text in the middle of an overtime game. It's like eleven thirty at night, and Jack's like, "Isn't it really stupid that Carl said birds play as separate pairs?" I'm like, "I guess, yeah." <laughs> so
1: you know what? We're talking about it. I have a lot to say about what a about what happened last night. Before,
0: before you get angry, and I know you're going to get angry, Matt. This was an unbelievable. No, it was, seven games of hockey. It was the best. It was
1: the best series that we saw. In this round, besides maybe this Caps Canes series that's happening right now, but Vegas, they looked great. They didn't look good in game one, but then two, three, four, they looked dominant, dominant. And San Jose looked like they had no idea what they were doing on the ice. And
0: Mark Stone. Paul Stasty, Max Pacioretty, made George McPhee look like God. Yep. It was unbelievable. As if he it's wasn't like, already. Right. Well, <laughs> George McPhee was uh in the Islander front office under Gar Snow, so that's fine. But uh yeah, I mean that I mean that line was unbelievable and it, it was they were rolling, and Mark Andre Fleury was Mark, you know, playoff Mark Andre yep. Fleury. For Those and first couple games, at least for the uh-huh. first couple games, not really in Game Six or uh, Game Six, was pretty good. Not game really Six, game he gave
1: it was a two goal game it was though, right. the week goal at the end. Yeah, it was right. a short short goal in overtime. In Game Seven, he was great.
0: But then we got to Game Six and Game Seven, which were two of the better hockey games I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah.
1: Now, now I want to talk about Game Seven, and I want just one aspect in particular. Vegas was up three nothing and then all of a sudden, five-minute, was it, I don't know if it was a game misconduct, but it was a five-minute continuous power play that saw San Jose score four straight goals on that power play to take a 4-3 lead, and then granted, Vegas scores to tie it and send it to overtime, and then ultimately lose the series 5-4 in that overtime period. Now, It was a game misconduct. It was a game misconduct, so I'll just get my thoughts out there right now, and then I'll throw it to you guys. Cody Eakin got absolutely hosed. That was not a game misconduct. If anything, it was a double minor, and they should never have had the opportunity to score four consecutive goals on a power play. And that is where I have a larger, an overarching problem with that penalty call in particular. I do not believe that you should be able to have a five-minute continuous power play. You should either cap cap the amount of goals scored and then end the power play, or just call a minor, which would automatically cap it anyway. There is n- in no world was either that play a game misconduct or they should have had the chance to score four
0: straight goals. The, game, the play wasn't a game misconduct. It wasn't a major penalty. I'm with you on that. It should have been a minor, at most a double minor. If it's a double minor, people are still angry. But I do kind of like the contagious power. Well, it's, 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 it's interesting. I don't know. It's just interesting. It's, like if you it's, do something, it's not interesting. If, if you do something stupid, your team's going to pay for it. And that wasn't really that stupid. It's like, been a
2: part of hockey since the beginning of the sport but it's changed because you had in the 1950s, Ted Kennedy smacking a helmetless (laughs) Gordie Howe over the head with a stick. The game has changed. It's more athletic. There's less about the physicality. There's less about you know, it's a safer game to play. There's more padding. They weren't
1: scoring four straight goals. That 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 that. rule
2: was to stop Ted Kennedy from (laughs) doing what I just said when he ended Gordie Howe's season. I think it was 1950. That's what that rule was put in place for. That kind of stuff doesn't happen in Anymore.
0: I understand that and first off you very rarely see it called. very rarely see it called. second off that in no way in no way was that a major penalty I'm not disagreeing with disagreeing with you on that and when it is a major penalty you know what that team deserves to be penalized for it because it's a dumb thing to do you put your team in a bad situation Jack's looking over my shoulder something that was a,
2: a tremendous save by Holtby on a two on one but and, why but why not cap it then why allow them to just continue on isn't two goals punishment enough
0: I guess, but I, I don't know. I, I think I have to go with the double much.
2: minor in today's yeah. game. I understand why it was relevant when there were no helmets and the game was a bit more uncivilized, say, pre-1980. But in today's NHL, to me, it doesn't seem necessary. Uh, I would say it's only necessary in extreme cases, but I think that's the precedent now. And last night, to me, did not justify five minutes. That was about the way... No, that was Pavelski's injury went. That wasn't about what happened. If Pavelski fell three inches to the right or left and his head wasn't totally bloody, you know, first of all, I want to wish him an incredibly yeah, oh, speedy yeah. recovery. We're not <laughs> making fun of his injury. No, not at all. But what, what I'm saying is if he fell one way or the other, you know, three inches, and there was no blood or was not as severe, that's probably a minor or a double minor. The fact that it was such a gruesome injury and the way it happened with him barely being able to skate off the ice, having to be helped after, that was a really bad look for hockey, for the NHL, and I think that scared the refs into making the call. I can't remember if it was Pavelski or Couture who got
1: the puck to the face. That That was Pavelski. Yeah, Pavelski had a rough series. He did. That's
0: that's unfortunate. Two real brutal injuries in the same series. Yeah. Real unlucky guy. It was was a classic case of calling the— The injury, not the foul. Yep, absolutely. You see it all the time in a lot of sports, and it just was on the biggest stage possible. Like
1: I said before the show, I am a little biased against that kind of call because it was called against the Devils in the 2012 Stanley Cup Final against the Kings where they lost that game because of the call. Thanks, Steve Bernier. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a bad call. Get rid of it. It probably cost Vegas the series. But I think... As far as Vegas goes, I think they've shown that they're here to stay. They, they yeah. were they were obviously not a one season wonder. They're going to be a playoff team probably up until Mark Andre Fleury retires.
0: Malcolm Subban is he's,
1: pr- he's, decent, he's, de- he's de-
0: decent enough. I, I mean. Most likely, yeah. Most likely, I agree
1: with you. So, and Chris, I know you're chiming into the midst of the Islanders, but yeah, it it doesn't end. I'm I'm uh, waiting as long as possible. It hasn't ended. It's fair. So we we have one more series out west to get to, and that is the Jets and the Blues. The Jets were arguably the second most picked team to win the Stanley Cup. And then they go they were out. Probably the most picked yeah. before the season started. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. And then they go out and lay an egg against St. Louis.
0: It wasn't that surprising. I mean, we said it on the show. I said I wouldn't be surprised if they lost this series. I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and just totally ravaged St. Louis. And they lost those first two games at home. And it's like, like, what are you doing? And I think that of all the eight coaches that to be eliminated in the first round, Paul Maurice is the most likely to get fired. Over, I can see it over Mike Babcock. I think that. The Winnipeg lineup is more is more whole, more just more balanced than the Toronto lineup. And while there's a lot of expectations in Toronto, there's a lot of expectations in Winnipeg, too. This is two years in a row now where they haven't gotten out. They didn't get out of the second round last year, granted. That was due to the playoff system again. But in this year, they didn't get out of the first round. I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Maurice got fired. Now, granted, I don't.
2: The this... Hurricanes won. Oh.
0: Let's go It's the over. It is over. Jack Waller for the, Washington Washington the breaking news.
1: The defending Stanley Cup champions... Are officially eliminated from the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs. We will get, Hold we will get to that in just a second. I promise. Just one more thing about the Jets. You know, and and it's more just Canadian hockey in general. You had three teams in the playoffs this year, and for the 23rd year in a row, a Canadian team will not win the Stanley
0: Cup. What does that say about the state of Canadian hockey? I for the sake of Canadian hockey, it's I don't think it matters as much because the teams aren't consistent of all Canadian players. You know what I mean? Like right. um but I think for the NHL it's a good thing because you know, people talk about, you know, the Yankees not winning the World Series for extended periods of time being a good thing because it's changing it up and the Royals and the Astros winning the World Series and it's the same thing with teams like the Rangers in ninety four and you know, all these other teams winning Tampa Bay and 04, winning the Stanley Cup. That had never won before, and it had been a long time. I think it's a good thing. Granted, I would like to see—I like Winnipeg. I would like to see them go far, Connor McDavid. But I don't think it's a terrible thing for the NHL and for Canadian hockey. I don't—I I mean, Canada still wins the gold medal all the time, right? So I don't think it's that big of a deal. You're so, not—you're
2: not spreading the sport or increasing its popularity by having a Canadian team exactly, win. Exactly. If anything, it hurts the United States because people aren't going to care if the Calgary Flames win. If anything, people are going to say. Wow, what a hockey thing that is! It's yep. a Canadian sport. I mean, like if but if the Dallas Stars win, that's pretty Vegas. cool. Yeah, right. Or Vegas, like Vegas that's is the classic cool. example, right? And we have a lot of cool, trendy cities in this tournament now. I think it's good for hockey. Now, I feel bad for the Canadians, but I do think it's good for hockey. As long as the cities that are in it are passionate, you would hate to see, like, the Florida Panthers. But even the the Carolina Hurricanes, who people have been making fun of the last few years, they've been turning out. They have a hockey fan base and a strong one. That's a franchise that's been battered around for so many reasons for 15 years, just so poorly run, and now you finally have a stronger owner, you have a team that's being put together, and the fans are coming out. That's going to be a fun thing that we can touch on in a moment. But my last point on Jets— St. Louis. Jets-St. Louis is how classic is it is that the way this Jets season has gone, to me, is a typical classic St. Louis Blues trend of the season— where the Blues, a team that is favored to go far, have a really strong first half of the season, go all in buying at the deadline, and then kind of peter out as the season ends and then have a really underwhelming first or second round that's been the book on the st louis blues for as long as i've been yep. alive and it was a reverse of fortune between them and the jets the jets are the team i think of as being that little underdog the the little engine that could
1: and i i, I remember sending a message in our group chat I remember in maybe by the all-star break we were yeah. talking about how bad st louis was and yeah, how you yeah. need to blow it up yep all of a sudden second round playoff I mean, yeah, them. we got
0: to talk about the team that won this series. What a turnaround. I mean, Craig yeah. Berube's got to be in there for Jack at- now. Yep. Granted, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, but
2: at, at this point now, yeah.
0: Craig Berube's got to be in there for Jack Adams, even though uh, your boy Barry Trotz is going to win it. But
2: So before we move on to the series, we did the Bucci Overtime Challenge.
0: <laughs> oh, 0 for 8? 0 oh for 8! A big 0
2: for Wait, 8. Was Justin,
1: Justin Williams. Was oh, I got it! No. No.
2: It wasn't Justin Williams. Game winning goal credited Brock McGinn. Oh come on! Really? Yep. I thought. Th- nope. Twitter says it's Justin Williams. They Tom credit- Gality, beat writer
1: for the Caps, says winning goal credited to Brock McGinn. Wow. Mm-hmm. So come there's on. that. Wow. I right. need to see a replay. It, it looked like it went off Williams, but I think they're. I think they're gonna. They might change it, but. So oh. far, zero for eight for the five on three boys.
0: Oh, it's Jackson! Jackson tweeted, "What a deflection by McGinn." Son. Yeah, there it is. Yep, yep, yep. So Jackson's watching a lot closer than we are. All f- <laughs> so to put some context on that, all four of us did the Butchie overtime challenge on Twitter, all picking eight different players, and we all got it wrong. Zero for eight. Zero for eight. So let's let's jump
1: right into this series because, like I was saying, other than Vegas San Jose, this was the most exciting series. Um, Shout out to the shout out to the Canes, man! A very very fun young team all season. Just knocked out the defending Stanley Cup champions.
0: They have been fun all season, and it's going to be an awesome awesome series. It I'm really right. will be. Um, I'm really excited. I mean, obviously, I was going to be so, excited, uh,
1: ini- so initial thoughts. Let, let, I initial mean, thoughts. I do, do we ca-
0: want to, Do we just want to skate over the
1: the Islanders no. sweeping the Penguins? <laughs> because we'll like that's pretty that. incredible. But unbelievable. L- let's kind of just get right into this series since we're here now. Canes
0: versus Islanders. I'm excited. Obviously, I was gonna be excited about whoever they play, but it's gonna be a lot a very fun series. While it would have been fun to beat Washington and have that little kind of like, hey, like you beat us for so many years, and now we have your coach and we beat you. I am very excited for this Carolina series. I'm more confident about playing Carolina than I was about playing Washington, and they have home ice. And while well, home ice maybe doesn't mean as much as uh, home, whatever in other sports, I I am. It's gonna be a fun series.
2: Yeah, I think home ice plays a role, but it's almost less of a role for the Islanders now that they're at the Barclays, which yeah, mm-hmm. for I, you is I'm... unfortunate, but it, you're right, it doesn't play as... I, I think it really depends, the whole home ice, home field. I think the only sport where it really makes a difference is football or either a dome or playing in a place like Green Bay, but that's a whole other discussion. I, I think the Hurricanes versus Islanders is... Both of them are really well-rounded teams... With that can hit you with four lines. I mean, Carolina's goaltending has been shaky. I don't totally trust Mrazek, but he's been good this series. He has been very good lately. And Robin Lehner's on fire, but historically he has had some shaky moments as well. Hey, historically, he wasn't a
0: Vesna Trophy finalist. Yeah, no. I've t- like and this is uh, his season, right? Yeah, I I, I I understand what you're saying, and you're completely right. But this whole season, I've completely thrown out the word historically with Robin Lehner. Like you can't say it anymore. He's a, he's a trophy finalist. Like that never happened in his career before, and I. There's a lot of things that have gone into that. But well,
2: these well, my I guess, my point is these teams have a lot of mirror images in terms of their construction and the way they look. The one thing that's very key, and it's going to be really interesting to watch, is the fact that the Islanders have been sitting around at, at their practice rink in East Meadow for the last week and a half, and the, the Hurricanes are coming off this thrilling. Game seven, grueling grind, a double overtime game seven. Is, uh, is this the kind of game that can propel them? Like, but are they through down? Through to the next series? So what wins? Does the fact that the Islanders had, I mean themselves, a tremendous accomplishment in a four-game sweep, but they've been sitting around in practice for a week and a half, does the rest help them? Or does the fact that the Hurricanes are coming off such an adrenaline rush translate? That's the big question.
0: I think that will be evident in game one, maybe game two, and after that, I think it will kind of even back out. Right.
2: Yeah, but if one of these teams has a lopsided game one and two, right, then it could then it flip continues. The whole series upside down. And that's what happened with Columbus and Tampa. Right, and game it, one set the
0: tone. That is true, and the the uh, the class like there's example that's been going around Twitter has been the 2000 and 2003 Anaheim Ducks that lost to the Devils. Yeah, that sounds. About 2003 right. Anaheim Ducks had like 12 days off or something like that, and then they got crushed in the first mm-hmm. game against mm-hmm. uh, New Jersey. So it, there's examples it, it go- of both. It, there's examples of both. We'll have to see, and, I, and it's possible that the Columbus series and the Islanders series go different ways on it. It's it even though they're exactly the same situation. It's it's all it depends. It completely so, depends. So so
1: with the Capitals losing, that officially makes the first time ever. All four division winners were eliminated in the first round. Wild, Absolutely that, that's wild. just insane to me, considering the level of talent that those division winners had, and the not to take anything away from the teams they lost to, because obviously they were the better team. Right, but the the talent gap between the division winners and the wild card teams
0: should have been very evident, and it wasn't at all. I, I you know, I don't want to, you know, be the Guy who's screaming, please like my sport, but it's not like basketball. No, yeah, it's not. It's not like basketball, and there it's are ta- not, there are yeah. talented hockey teams who miss the playoffs. Oh yeah, Minnesota's a talented team, and so is um Montreal. So is it, to be fair, so is Arizona, and so is Arizona. So there are talented teams who miss the playoffs. That's not true in the NBA. No, and that I mean that's why I think that the parity. Uh, while this this has been crazy this year with the four division teams winning for four division champions losing. Excuse me. I think that sometimes the parity in the NHL is almost a little bit overblown. Like, you should have that when it's only a 16-team tournament. And I think it's just because, in contrast to the NBA, there's infinitely more parity. But this year has been unbelievable.
2: Well, and I also think it's because you can't have Damian Lillard just playing the entire game and scoring 50 points and checking <laughs> up threes. It's a game where you have 18 skaters. You have to have depth. You have to have an all-around game where anyone can contribute and make an impact. and The nature of the sport begs for it to be even it's not the kind of sport where one guy can take over and rule a game it's not the kind of sport that comes down to one or two guys on each side it comes down to 18 guys and a pair of goaltenders facing off and i think no matter how much expansion there is no matter how many teams ever get into the playoffs it's always going to be a sport where in a seven game series there has to be parity just based on the nature of the game
1: all right, I feel like we have to let Chris revel in his first-round victory, so let's get into it. It's been I'm, eight
0: days, man. I don't know
2: if I have it left.
1: <laughs> um, I'll sweep the Penguins. I, we were all talking before the show. This is probably the end of the Penguins' cup window. They're gonna still going to be competitive, probably up until the day Sidney Crosby retires, but we do not think that they have another cup in them.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. And Look, I mean, to be a fan of the New York Islanders doesn't mean you get to beat Pittsburgh. That's not a thing yeah. the New York Islanders do, and they certainly don't sweep them. It was I, it was unbelievable. I mean, what can you say? <laughs> it was ridiculous. I mean, Game Three was happening the same time Tiger was roaring through the back nine of Augusta, and I was like, "What year is it right now? Like yeah. what? Like what is going on right now?" And Game Four on Tuesday was nuts, and it was just I mean, come on, They're, they swept Pittsburgh. That's unbelievable. Like the the. The triumph it took to beat Florida in six games three years ago—you would have thought we climbed the Stanley Cup mountain and, and lifted the cup again. Like no, and they, they just swept Pittsburgh and it was like all right, moving on. And I think this team has such a different mentality about winning, and I, I mean obviously that starts the Trots effect. Yeah, it starts Absolutely. at the top. It starts at the top. Lemarell has three rings and Trots has one. Where you know Doug Waite and Gar just pulled their head out of their bus and walked into a, an NHL arena. So. I think they have a different mentality about winning, where they expect to win, they expect to beat Pittsburgh, they expect to beat Carolina. Where winning this series, while maybe it came as a uh, definitely came as a surprise to win four games, wasn't uh, you know the biggest deal ever. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's going to help the Islanders in the second round. And God, I hope they win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go around.
2: And, and just get, looking at this bracket, it just doesn't look It's a little look, depressing, I'm not going to lie. Dallas, St.
0: Louis, Colorado, Colorado corner, San Jose. Woo-hoo.
2: Yeah, that bottom right corner. That Carolina of my Islanders, corner. Columbus, Boston. There's good matchups, there's a lot to be excited about. But I look at that and I'm just like, what on earth? Earth, it just looks bizarre compared so, to what we were expecting. So yeah. again,
0: that's a good thing. It's a, it's good, a good thing. thing. That, it's a good thing that Washington is out. It's a good thing that Pittsburgh is out. It's yeah. a good thing that Toronto. It's fun. I'm not and, saying it's bad. I'm right. just saying wow. Like think about the teams that aren't in the second. The second I mean, if round you, if you playoff, look at it,
1: the only team that is o- still re- is still quote unquote relevant is, is the Boston. Bruins. Right. They're the only, and, origi- and maybe
0: the Sharks as they've been there recently. The only original six team is Boston. You don't have the Rangers, the Blackhawks, the Red Wings, the Capitals, the Penguins, the Flyers, any of these teams that just continuously roll through the Eastern and Western Conference, they're all out.